This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandemonium. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.61, the Unknown Associates used the Arcane Battery to siphon the magic out of the ancient spear Godblinder. During their arcane experiments, they were attacked by two giants at the top of the Palace of Winter, only barely escaping by crashing a massive chandelier on one's head. Then they jumped into the Tyrant's Bane and flew off. And that's where we will pick up. The Tyrant's Brain soars away from the cloud of frost and ice flakes that cloud the air. The sky is blustery and blizzardous, but Ulrich, you've pointed next to me in the direction of your sea glass waypoint. As the skiff parts through the clouds on the other side of the storm, you see now a rocky crag the shape of a hawksbill that overlooks the Valley of Kala. All your bodies are still shaking from the adrenaline come down after your battle uh, with the giants at the Palace of Winter. As you get closer, Ulrich, your sea glass is connected to a body that you recognize as a handsome, hunky-looking dwarven man wearing a warm-knit cap with an edgy fashion sense. Your romantic interest, Briston Ormain. There are two figures there with him. Grimton, you recognize one, the dwarven woman, standing there with her head up, strong, dressed in a militant jacket, a black beret, and a long cape. Kali Orlik, the leader of the Red Cape revolutionaries in their rise against King Greysunder of her dearth. There's another figure there, shorter than the dwarves, who's waving excitedly. And Nexby stands on her cockpit seat at the head of the dragon skiff, straining her eyes. Holy shit! It's Marge! It's Marge! Marge is here! She's gripping the yoke in her hand and jumping up and down in the seat. You hear Marge address Briston and Callie from a distance. What'd I tell ya? I might not be able to explain where they were, but I damn sure knew that was her skiff. Nexby pulls the tyrant's bane around to land on the hawk's bill crag. But before the craft is sitting securely on the rock, Nexby jumps out of the cockpit and is kissing Marge. The skiff's arcana keeps it safe as it lowers down the rest of the way. Callie marches up to you. Grimton, and it doesn't take an insight check to know that she's pissed as a nine hells. Where's the princess? Um, well... Well what? Where's the princess? We... It's a long story. We sort of got sidetracked. Yeah, Grimton, why don't you explain what we did? Yeah, Grimton, why don't you explain what you did? The important parts, um, we went to the Astral Sea. Great, that's not Havarab, is it? And... Not that, in not that order, we also uh, got Erica try off with 
out any, like, you know, jail time. I don't know who the hell that is. Uh, we also have a flying skiff. Cool. So we can get to Hawaram fairly soon. Where's the damn princess? We don't know. We haven't been to Hawaram yet. Pro- probably still there. You abandoned your mission. Were you ever going to tell us that you'd pause to go on these little journeys of yours? Your side quests? Eventually. We had to try you for abandonment right now. We had to throw you over this god's damn bridge for two weeks, Grimton. We've been here doing our job and assuming that you've been off doing yours. Kelly? What? How's your mission been going? Screw you! Damn, I'm pissed off. Get your ass to the bivouac. I need some space. Kelly walks off to think things over by herself. Uh, Grimton, give me an insight check. Okay. Actually, they're all of you give me an insight check. Oh, shit. I'll need dice, I guess. Hey, use your Dark Silver Forge dice. <laughs> I literally always do. 19. I think that's going to be like a 10. 19 for me. 14 for me. Grimton, you're flustered by this encounter. You other three? You can tell by that response. Her mission hasn't hasn't happened yet. <laughs> she's she's working on it, but it has not been completed. So I'm just like tugging on Alaris's uh, robe or whatever he's wearing lightly to get him to bend down and, and so I can whisper to him. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna tell them about like everything? Like about what we have? Is that the plan? I, I think that really what we gotta do is just get on this whole princess thing. So does that mean we're gonna not tell them about the thing we have? We, they didn't seem very interested. Maybe we should ask Morlinde what she thinks. Yeah, sounds good. Why don't you go do that? You're similar in height. <laughs> <laughs> it's, listen, it's, it's hard for me, okay? I have to, just, have to get her to get down on my level. You can just talk to people on their level. I am whispering, sir. <laughs> this is a clandestine conversation. Eh. Well, you go ask Morlinda. I'm going to go ask Grimton what he thinks. Ulrich, you turn around and are walking toward Grimton. And you see that Briston has sat down on a rock and is keeping his distance from you. And there are tears in his cheek. All right, Morlinda. Alric wanted to know if you thought we should tell these other people about all the things that we've been up to. Well, I don't think it'll make them very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It didn't seem like they were very interested. I also don't know if more people knowing, especially about the battery. Morlinde, as, as you say the battery, your eyes instinctually go to the battery, which is currently hanging on uh, on a strap from Grimton's <laughs> shoulder. That is not inconspicuous at all. Just, I don't know. I would rather not bring attention to it. Yeah. Less people know the better, yeah? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Maybe I'm going to go grab that uh, battery from him real quick. On my way over to Grimton, I like kind of... It's not that I didn't see Briston before, but like watching Grimton get yelled at kind of absorbed my attention for a minute. So like halfway on my way to Grimton, I like fully realize that Briston is over there uh, and run his direction to give him a very big hug around the neck, even though he's slightly taller than I am. You go to hug him around his neck and he puts his hand between you and him as if like he was trying to push you away but you ended up mm-hmm. uh like hugging over it i've i've never been this mad at anyone ever before auric 
Look, I don't know where in the nine hells you've been. I watched your, your sea glass go north and then northeast, and then I thought you had abandoned the red capes, and like, I know it's not a big deal to you. Grey Thunder isn't your king, Echo isn't your brother. But I thought you were a bit more committed than that. And now you're back. You know, if you had different plans, you could have at least found a way to let me know. You ass. Not once did you send a courier. Not once did you cast sending. You could have found some way to give me any sort of comfort, but... Then I watched you disappear into the astral sea. To the southern Rabo. I thought you were dead. I thought you had died. No, I couldn't rationally make sense of that whole sea glass part, but that it was the only thing that made sense to me, because there was no other reason why you wouldn't tell me where you went. Do you trust me? I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I don't know. I see that you're back. First, I am incredibly sorry that I didn't communicate with you what was going on. A lot of what we ended up doing was complicated and messy and spur of the moment is the wrong word, but there was a sort of urgency to it that, well, is part of why we didn't succeed at what we were initially set out to do. You didn't even save the damn princess. No. We did some important things, though. Great. Things that I think you will think are important. And while you are right that this is not my country and that my ultimate goal is to make it back home, I do not think, assuming that I do not care about you or the outcome of this for your own ends or any of that is fair or accurate. I can absolutely see why my actions communicated that. Like I absolutely see how that comes across that way. And this is why I asked if, if you trust me because I need you to know that that is in no way reflective of how I feel about you or about this situation that we're trying to trying to resolve. You didn't tell me shit for two weeks. You know who did talk to me? Well, I thought you were dead. Marge. Marge and I had watched together. I didn't tell anybody else about you abandoning the Red Capes. I didn't tell anyone else that you had died. I didn't want them to know that you'd left the mission. It was just Marge that listened to me cry up here on the crag. God, you can't believe how confusing it to understand how confusing it was to see your waypoint come back, back to the cusp. To have death taken away like that. I was trying to get some closure that maybe that made sense that you had just died and I wasn't there for it and that's sad but the, the, then you're back and that means you're alive and that means it it didn't wasn't making any sense and then here comes your little dot floating around to this plane again 
it is evident to everyone else here on the crag that y'all need some space. And uh, Marge is going to make sure that you two have the grace you need. And while Briston continues to lay into Marge is silently gathering everyone else. She's beginning to lead everyone else down the rocky trail toward uh, the Red Cape bivouac. It was Marge who had the idea to use her spyglass to actually search for you. I wouldn't put my eye to that damn thing. I was too angry to think about looking for you. Then she spotted that, Briston says, uh, pointing to the tyrant's bane. Up at the Palace of Winter, she told me, and we decided that it would finally be a good idea to kill Callie. We didn't tell her. I didn't tell her any other shit about you dying, about where you'd been. And Marge left to walk down the mountain, and I just watched. You were back. You were right there. You are almost seeable with my naked eye. Gods, I hate you for doing that to me. But holy shit, I'm glad you're here. Ulrich reaches out and, like, lightly, because, like, we've separated at this point, lightly, mm-hmm. like, touches Briston on the shoulder and says, the apparent situation to me about how I got up there, I guess, like, it's what was happening, so it, it seemed to make sense, and it, while I guess, like, I see how that's an option... It didn't occur to me that the first thing you would assume is that I had died. Just tell me what you were doing. <sighs> a lot. Um, the That's not meant to be dismissive. There's just a lot. Um, it's tied up in um, this like puzzle box thing that Alaris has had, and... The, the short of it is that it made a portal that sent us to the Astral Sea. Hold on, I realize you have questions. There's a lot there, I told you. It sent us to the Astral Sea. Um, and then like, once there, there was a whole lot to interact with and deal with uh, that was really confusing. Um, For a second, you're your bead was in the elemental chaos so with that there was a lot of celestial interplay but a significant portion of that particular part of our journey was to directly defeat some soul forgers so like we didn't just go screw around for two weeks the stuff that we did admittedly got us into like much deeper waters than any of us were prepared for i think i don't know we were in over our heads and probably still are but like we weren't just screwing around doing random stuff it is it is related to what we were doing it's we discovered something and some information that could change how we go about all of this save it save it you haven't told me so far you didn't tell me in the moment. You're not gonna tell me now. At this point, Ulrich and Briston are the only ones that remain on the Hawksbill Crag. Down the snowy mountain awaits, around the corner from the plain view of the valley. The rest of you come to a bivouac. 
There are three or four stone gray lean-tos made of heavy fabric shelter halves set up against a mountain wall. Snow in this area has been trodden down with activity. There's a pair of large gray center pole tents that have been joined together with its opening set obliquely to the prevailing winds. Metal stovepipes rise from the waxed insulated canvas and billow cloudy white smoke that hovers around the top of the tents. Grimton, you know this operation. This is the same bivouac setup that the Red Capes had before your first mission to Maldo Keep. You know that around the corner from this setup is the cave entrance that you used during that expedition. But beyond that relatively recent history, everything here is deeply familiar to you. You're a military man from a military family. In your training at least two centuries ago, you were taught how to keep warm in alpine weather and how to set up a center pole tent like this one and how to camouflage the sharp edges with the magic smoke from the stove. This reminds you of a certain youthful camaraderie. Grimton, Alaris, Morlinde, uh, you hear casual chatting as you approach with Marge and Nexby. Marge opens the double zipper tent and flips it wide. And inside are familiar faces who all go silent at the sight of you. Gramley Steadyhand and Herrick Ormain put down their playing cards. Takus Ure coughs on the steaming beverage that he's sipping. An all-real runner's scarred mouth opens a little in surprise. Ulrich, you and Briston are again still at the crag having your little moment. Um, you may enter this scene by opening the tent flash whenever you wish, okay? Okay. Herrick stands slowly. He takes a pewter mug over to a barrel that's stacked over on a crate and he pours some smooth amber beverage. Then he looks you in the eye, Grimton, and walks over and he hands you his cup. Welcome back! And he turns to the rest of the group in the tent. Well, aren't you going to get this group of adventurers a drink or not? And everybody stands, laughs, and begins to greet you with ale. You dirty bastard. Do you feel 200 years younger too? Or is it just me? Oh, it feels so good to be bivouacked with my comrades. Uh, could always go, to f- go for a good bivouacking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Herrick. From the warm welcome that Callie gave me, I'm assuming that tensions are a little high around here. Not here, in this tent, but, like, in general. What are you talking about? I'm having a great time. Are you just waiting for their command? Oh, well, (laughs) Callie seemed a little on edge when I got here. Maybe it's just me. Any update on the situation? Uh, What's your plan? I haven't gotten in yet. Uh, as, as predicted, the keep found our original break-in point through the cave and the aqueduct and all that. We scouted it, but it's been barred with both uh, physical and arcane barriers. And just a few days ago, a massive troop movement left the keep headed west. So uh, we're working on new plans. And uh, that's when we asked Aurel to come up. We reckon that there's still like a skeleton crew mustered at the keep. By and large, it'll be way easier to get in now. Breaking in while they were clearly getting ready to do something massive would have been an absolute death sentence. Sure. Uh, Like, they must have had literally every warforged in the cloud-capped peaks staged at the parade ground. Hmm. Oh, I should probably describe 
some of these characters as they're reintroduced uh, for the audience. Herrick Ormain is Briston, who's talking to uh, Ulrich. Briston's older brother uh, and Grimton's oldest friend. Uh, he's clearly balding, and while certainly not quite in his twilight years, uh, his age is beginning to catch up with him. So, hmm. we've been here for what? Uh, two weeks, maybe? I've lost right. track. We've set up with the intention of repelling down to that aquifer that we first used, but again, didn't work. So, just waiting for things to clear up down below. And I think they have. Good. The wind may have come at the right time. Where's the princess? Let's have another drink or two. Aye! <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go check in on Allreal, because it's been a bit. Presiding Druid? Hey! Allreal is a tall half-wood elf. Originally, he was a member of Squadron 9 of the Warden Scout, who protected Issa Talos, and uh, who then joined this party on their way to her dearth. Um, right now, he's in rough shape. Almost immediately upon the party's medium meeting him uh, back before his involvement with the Red Capes, and before even the reestablishment of Nui Sitalos, uh, Aurel was captured by a hag who ripped his face to shreds with her vicious nails. Uh, his dreams were plagued by nightmares by a member of that party's, of uh, that hag's coven. Um, and then while the party was able to defeat that hag and ease his dreams, um, the party also left Aurel to rest and recover, which is how he ended up staying in Delft Deep with Red Cape's Sea Squad while the Unknown Associates left on their mission. Uh, and now, great news, Morlinde, his flayed face looks scarred, but largely healed, and he carries himself lightly and well-rested. Well, and well-rested. I was about to ask you what that word meant. <laughs> well-rested. Yeah, I was like, dang it, another word, I don't know. Uh, Ariel, you look great. I feel good. I feel good, Moreland Day. Can I? Hey, out of out of Usatalos, can I just call you Moreland Day instead of Presiding Druid? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the ooh. All right, Presiding Druid, it is. He says. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's weird Forgive me. Way. It's just weird either way. It's fine. It's like calling your your uh, your teachers by their first name once you get out of school, right? <laughs> We're in the cusp of Ulrich. Is that shithead not with you anymore? Yeah, they're around. Um, they are... Oh, uh, they're right there, look! Hey, shithead! <laughs> and he runs up and hugs you immediately. I, I give him a hug back, and then, like, there's one of those moments, like, I'm hugging him, and then I, like, squeeze a little tighter and get a little smaller. Like, oh, a hug, oh, a hug! Like, hey, shithead. I feel like Aureal would be able to tell that I sounded a little sad when I said it. <laughs> Is your face red from um, tears or pressure or... Yeah, probably a little. Um, Briston is a few steps behind you, not quite by your side, and his mm -hmm. face uh, is definitely puffier than it has been in the past. Uh, and I'm sure that Aurel looks over your shoulder at Briston yeah. during the hug. Aurel's observant. And yes, he is. He's very observant. Uh, so, presenting Druid, Shithead, do you two want the scoop on uh, C-Squad and the presses? Absolutely. What's C-Squad been up to? Uh, I mean, what have y'all been up to? Ambar Pressurized Plumbing uh, got his Pro King presses calling. He's calling it the Forge Heart, uh, which is my idea. Thank you. 
he found a group that was to start writing as uh, pro-state propaganda. They started publishing last week. Great news, right? That rag, various posters and whatever uh, is delivered to s- some officials. They, the officials put them up publicly. And then me and Tarani, y'all remember, without a history check, that Tarani is Gramley's wife. Gramley being Grimton's brother, Tarani being Grimton's sister-in-law. Then me and Tarani get, get the fun job of sneaking around at night to rip them down and paint over them. Uh, that was Tarani's idea to show that the Ford chart is performing what it's meant to do. I'm waiting for claps. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I have even better news. The resistance isn't all us, though, which is awesome. Uh, there are also already signs that there's a lot of impotent rage that's got nowhere to go except for graffiti. That's not the worst case scenario. I know. I think so, too. Tarani thinks so, too. And we're not quite ready to publish that anti-grace under zine yet. Uh, See, Tarani thinks we need to wait another, like, week or two in order to make it look a little bit more organic. Uh, But I've already got the perfect name for it. You ready? I'm so ready. The Bellows. Get it? Get it? Get it? Because we're fanning the flames of discontent. You're fanning the flames and... It's, there's there's this double double meaning there because like bellow you can like like bellowing Oysters? like yeah right. yeah well yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's like you're you're not only fanning the flames but you're also crying out it's good it's good it's good I didn't know you you had such a flair for the dramatic here you've never read my poetry um, <laughs> a squad sent that, a communique that, that dug in deep all real said that from a deep place of like well you've never read my poetry like <laughs> <laughs> like this is an on this has been going on a while all right like, will remember this yeah. <laughs> all real will remember this yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> a squad sent out a communique that they were going to wait for the warforge to move out and then asked if i'd join them on uh, as a, like a stealth operative i clearly agreed i got out of sending to Takus to see if you'd like to join too because communication is easy because magic exists (laughs) when i left tarani told me to to literally kiss gramley for her and i found my way up here and i did it because i promised her i would but it was gross alric why was Ulrich? it so? Why was it gross? Because I hate kissing people with beards. I mean, that's fair. They're just too damn itchy. I don't know how you do it. It's not so bad. My face feels chafed. But also, <laughs> also, I'm a I'm a wet shave every morning type of guy. So I don't know. My I just couldn't get the feeling off my skin. That's fair. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.62. As the Unknown Associates complete their side quests and resume their red capes role as B-Squad, I can see the end of Arc 2 in the distance. I'm excited. I've been working with Sarah and Steven on their character questionnaires and I'm delighted by the progress. In just the first draft of that questionnaire, they've got about 75 unique questions 
to really help embed each of their new characters into the world around them. Making the cusp feel alive and lived in is important to this story. No one is stagnant. Pay attention to that as B-Squad is reunited with A and C. The Darkmoor show Dragon Mind is also running a Kickstarter that will launch on March 13th, 2022, in which they are revealing a 5th edition D&D toolkit that will change the nature of legendary resistances forever. It is called Imri's Log of Legendary Eminences. And they're having a gemstone dice giveaway for you to enter. All you have to do is request a copy of the Celestial Sample on the Kickstarter link. That link can be found on the Darkmoor Podcast Network's Discord channel under the Announcements tab. I have great news. After an excellent Switch Series episode that was released on the Dragon Mind podcast feed, the show Crit Like a Girl has joined the Darkmoor Podcast Network officially. They're wonderful, wonderful people, and their show is of the highest quality. Check them out on your podcast app and come say hello to them on the Darkmoor Discord channel. Link down in the doobly-doo. Sugar, spice, and everything dice. These were the ingredients selected to create the most badass ladies in all of Arcandrum, each treated to a vision of the possible destruction that could befall the world if they did not stop it. Thus, the dream team was born. With their skills combined, Sildwen, the wild wood elf who is one with nature and doesn't understand the rest of the world. She'll find new friends that may inspire her to consider new ideals and learn to love a world outside of just the woods. Poppy, a skilled falconer with a history of mercenary work, some more questionable than others. She's a lover of ale, a good fight, and her best friend Pudge. Though she is loud and opinionated, she has a big heart. Zuri, a sarcastic bard of both lore and shanties, is always on the lookout for a new story to tell in the taverns. Jinx, a chaotic cleric and devout worshipper to the best goddess in all of the world, of course, Kiavani. She is a bundle of rainbows, sunshine, and butterflies. Are dedicating their lives to fighting the forces of evil. Crit Like a Girl is a cinematic podcast featuring the adventures of four strong women and an adorable little owl. Join us every other Monday and come see how we crit like a girl. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. I'll go talk to Marge and XB, I guess. Marge is likewise uh, out of the way. She's sitting by the warm stove and holding her wife, Nexby's hand. For the audience, Marge is a gnome with a bright personality, a brilliant mind, and a huge bounty on her head for a tendency toward explosive solutions to problems. Leaned against the wall of the tent is her thunder cannon, which is like a sort of arcane artillery mounted on a modified crossbow stock. How strange to see you. Alaris? Yeah? How happy to see you. How was your trip? Did you get try out of trouble or? Yeah, we got try out of trouble. 
great. You know, it's just back to the first thing that we have to do. We've got to go back to, you know, plan A. Not a part of the Red Capes. I don't know what plan A is. I've heard people refer to A squad, B squad, and C squad. Yeah. None of the squads. You're That's like fair. Squad, do you, do you want to be on a squad? S tier, <laughs> hands down. Uh, I guess I'm helping A squad mm. right now. How's A squad doing? Well, they appear to just be chilling here for a bit, but they're getting ready to go into the keep, which I'm excited for. I'm excited that y'all are back because that will certainly be a boon to that project. So do you think we should stick around and go into the Clearly, keep too? Yes, duh. You're already here. But what about... It shouldn't take Callie to tell you that. But what about... You're already here. But what about... I, I don't know what other quest you were on, mm. but it's about to start this one. Just complete it. When is it going to... Is it going to start, like, I'm tomorrow? Fine. Listen, I'm not in charge of this operation. I'm here <laughs> adjacent to the the Red Capes. Like, the Red Capes got my full support. I'm totally down with it. I think the rest of the gnomes are also down with it. Has anyone in A-Squad referred to themselves as A-Squad yet? B-Squad called themselves B-Squad, and C-Squad called themselves C-Squad, but I wonder if A-Squad perceives themselves as A-Squad, because we're B-Squad, right? Like, we're... we're Or if there's just uh, two B-Squads. B-Squads are very malleable. Like, they, they shift and change, you know? Yeah, sometimes you're in A-Squad, sometimes you're in B-Squad, sometimes you're in C-Squad. Occasionally, you don't have a squad. Squadless. And a squadless. Solo queue. I'm here because all real invited Takis... Takis invited me. Of course I said yes, because uh, anybody who's smart wants to see Maldo Keep get bones blitz. Oh, I thought you were going to say anyone who's smart likes to party in a bivouac. <laughs> also true. Though I will admit that this isn't the hardest we've gone in a long time. It's just nice mm-hmm. to have old friends return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the real party starts when Maldo Keep falls. As Kesha said. I was just mm-hmm. like, I, I heard that in, in, in the Kesha voice. <laughs> uh, Alric is gonna like kind of sidle on over to, to Takas who is like n- in this conversation but not actively talking at the moment and be like be like alright Takas need you to level with me hmm? I'm in B squad we know this we've called ourselves this from the beginning clearly C squad has already announced themselves here's sure. the important thing have you heard anyone in A squad call themselves A squad Auric, I'm not in the red capes. <laughs> but you were, I thought Tarkus was there. Like, Tarkus has been around, right? I've been around. That's, I'm, I'm not in the red capes. <laughs> I'm not trying to ask the red capes if they're calling themselves that. So I'm going to be like, listen, Tarkus, that is not what I was asking. I'm aware that you were you were just here as an outside observer, and that is why no, I No, I'm more than an outside observer. Question. I'm an outside meddler. The okay, entire Horizon meddler. Walker is. Whatever. The point I'm trying to get at here, Tarkus, is... You are you you are assisting A Squad, and I just need to know mm-hmm. if A Squad thinks they're better than everyone else. That's really what this is about. Don't you agree that they're better than everyone else? That is not <laughs> the question at hand. <laughs> this is about their perception of themselves, not anything else. For the audience, Takis Ure is a brown-skinned gnome with a magical twinkle in his eye. He's dressed in brightly stained leathers with a tall, pointed red felt cap, which is a uniform of a group called the Horizon Walkers, who are pledged to protect and defend gnome kind as a whole. Last, the audience, last listeners saw him, last the party saw him, he was leading a strike in Hawarun. So, 
where you been? Lots of places. Um, you've probably visited one or two of them before. Um, the Astral Sea, like uh-huh. generally, but yes. more specifically the Celadrin Bow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, met Corlon. They're real cool, real nice. Solid fashion sense. Great host. Then, you know, we just took a little largely uneventful boat trip over to Celestia. Met Morden. A little frightening. Casual. Uh, yeah, it was chill. <laughs> was not chill. <laughs> Did a couple of errands. <laughs> like what? Uh, I mean, we went into the elemental chaos, you know, just like a little, little day trip and uh, got rid of some soul forgers. Nice. Great. Yeah. Love getting rid of some soul forgers. Yeah, I felt weird about it. Um, Why? It, it wasn't actually the, like, Capturing the soul forgers. We also watched Morden barter their souls. Barter so their souls. Grimton. It was. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grimton definitely was like in another conversation. It was like, hold on, I have thoughts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. So yeah, th- then we uh, then we came back. Slightly bumpier ride, and then um, we uh, got some cool stuff. And then came back. Great. I, I can talk as tell that I'm being somewhat evasive about. Uh, all of it. Go ahead and give me a deception check. Oh, that was bad. He rolled a nat 17 for insight. Plus, uh, he's Well, let me do the math. Hold on. Deception. Mm-hmm. Five. One total? I'm so glad that you did the math. Okay, listen, Takis. First of all, all of what I said is technically true, but is clearly I'm leaving a lot out. He's letting you talk. But, like... The nature of that entire quest has a lot of import, and I don't want to go making decisions that involve all of us without involving all of us. So, like, I'm sorry I'm being, I'm sort of obfuscating this, but. I understand. I, yeah. He leans in a little bit closer to you, Auric and is speaking less loudly and directly to you. Not that he's like trying to keep his voice hushed, but like he's making mm-hmm. it known that it's this is a conversation between you and him. Ark, you're already roaming the plains and trying to protect your people. When are you going to settle down and join the Horizon Walkers? You might not see it like this, but right now you're doing the Horizon Walkers job for free. We pay a pension <laughs> Even dental. And you get to wear this goofy, pointed, red felt cap. I'll be honest. The drip of that has some appeal. But <laughs> I did not enjoy... So you're doing the job! I did not enjoy any any part of that. It. Everybody stressed, has a bad day at work. It stressed me out. I did not like dealing with things at that level i still have mixed feelings about everything that we did and and what all we've we've come from but setting all of that aside i'm i am not made for this takas i want to be home i want to be with my people i want to be with briston as much as that's possible I don't want to be doing your job. I did it for free for a little bit because I felt I had to. I'm I am just fine remaining right here on the cusp. But I do appreciate the offer and I do like that hat. 
Alric Orman. Damn you. You will forever be the one that got away. Well, first of all, I can't ever really be the one that got away if you can literally teleport to where I am. But, yeah, I guess it's just going to have to be like that. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. This is the life I want. Briston is against the wall of one of the tents. I think he's sat down on a crate and he's taking some deep breaths. He's trying to come to terms with what has happened. And you, you know that there has been strife between he and Auric already tonight, today. Hello! <laughs> hey, Alaris. Um, how's it going? Welcome back. Do you know anything about this whole Moldo keep plan thing? Honestly, I don't think that we have a plan yet, because only a couple days ago, the last of the Warforged finally moved out, and only a couple days ago, the rest of Sea Squad and the Horizon Walkers arrived. The Horizon Walker, singular, being Taukus, and, and, and Marge. You've met Marge. You obviously know Marge. Mm-hmm. So? So? What's the goal? Is it so they can't make more Warforged in the future? There have been several goals. Right. But what is the current goal? From the very beginning, we've been trying to break out my brother. Yes. Echo. Right, Echo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know Echo. I know of Echo. And that's the main goal. Okay. Secondary goal, I mean, it would be great if we could shut down the Waterforge factory, but really it's getting Echo out first, at least for me. I don't know about Callie, and I don't know about the Red Capes, greater missions. She's the one in charge of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me, it's about breaking Echo out. And we just had to wait for everybody to clear the parade ground to yeah. get to move on for us to be able to do it. The Warforged are gone, so now is the perfect opportunity to strike because their, their defenses are down, supposedly. Right. I'm glad that you're in line with the mission. That should make your involvement very easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when, yeah. when, are, we, when are we going? I'm not Kelly. Okay, fair enough. I'll wait for Callie then. You you have a good time over here. Uh, do you need to talk? Like we do you, do you need to talk it out? Can you step outside the tent? Sure. Uh, he opens the double zipper and uh, you you go outside and where were you? What what were you doing? Alric assured me that you have something big, and that it's of great import. Um. What? What is it? Well, let's see here. The best way to sum it up. Let's see. Huh. There's not a straight answer? You can't just tell me what the thing is? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess I could. Like, we got, like... We got... So, we went... <laughs> we went to the um, Astral Rick, Sea. You recognize that Briston and uh, Alaris have stepped out of the, right. the room. Yeah. You that. So, we went, we went to the Astral Sea, right... Because of a because of a magical thing that my dad left me, sure. um, that's what I hear. And while we were up there, Corlon slash the Dwarf Father, the Dwarf Moradin, uh, they kind of gave us a job to do that is along the lines of what we're already trying to do, kind of in a way, which is loosely what? 
Telling me what it is. It told us that in the Great Scuffle, that's Plan Delta of Plan Alpha, which is doing what you guys need us to do first, I think. I don't really know. I I thought we were going to try to get this princess, but now it seems like we've been wrapped into the Moldo Keep thing. Ulrich was saying it, that you're the one that's in charge. That's what I understood, that you're the one that's Ulrich in charge. Ulrich said I was party. in charge. No, Grimton's in charge. Grimton's always been in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Just pass this around until... <laughs> I'm the idea person. I just I just throw the ideas out there. What's Grimton then? Grimton's the one that goes forward with the best idea. Out of curiosity, what's Morlinde's pejorative? Well, Morlinde, I think, is just trying to get home. And and Auric? Also trying to get home. But they're both now wrapped up into all of it, and now they want to at least see this whole red cape thing to the end. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make your dreams come true. So anything I can do to help you make your dreams come true is what I'm here to do. My dream. What's your dream? My dream is to have overthrown Greysunder, live close to me brothers, and delve deep Mm -hmm. with my spouse. Mm -hmm. In delve deep. (laughs) So not... Yeah, well, you know, Ulrich kind of... does I feel like Ulrich's transient, like, can, can go from place to place. So, Delve Deep seems like a reasonable place. Like, I love- funny hearing that directly in contrast to the conversation. <laughs> it's so awesome just, just like... Um, Alaris is over here, like, being a total bro. Like, yeah, like, oh, we'll sit through it, guys. We'll sit through it. Bro interference right here. Like, like he is he is really, really salvaging the damage that I have done. Uh. <laughs> we'll be fine. But but really what I'm getting at is like, it sounds like what we really need to do right now is wait for Callie to get here, who should be here anytime from what I've heard from other people. What have you heard from other people? Marge seemed to be under the impression that Callie was going to get here soon. At least that's what I took away from the conversation. Shoot. Um. <laughs> that's what I took away from the conversation is such a like that phrase can do so much work. <laughs> uh, we're gonna hard cut. <laughs> Gramley, you staying safe? I, I, I am. Well, theoretically, at least that's what Tarani hopes. She, uh, Merica, Mallory, and Kirk are still in delve deep, but they're trusting me not to come home in a box. I would prefer that as well, you know. But I, but if you gotta die. So where's the princess? <laughs> we got a little sidetrack. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. How is Howard Rum? Uh, haven't been back yet. Um, oh, you left for what? There was some business with uh, Erica Try, who I'm not sure if you've met. I don't see why you would have. Who? <laughs> but she helped us, and then we went to vouch for her that. Ironically, that she hadn't left her post. Is Grimton still just, like, casually wearing the god battery? I'm not gonna leave it somewhere. But, like, it's in, it is still in plain sight of everyone. Grimton, I got a question for you. Go ahead. What's that? This? That. I... A smoothie. Oh, it's <laughs> it's a gift and a curse, you could say, from the dwarf father himself. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, we went to do the thing with Erica. Try if you would let me finish, then you know we is, would. Is that? <laughs> hold on. Is the Erica try thing? 
kind of a resolution from something I've heard called Arc One. Yeah, more more or less. Uh, you know. Hi. Okay, okay, okay. I've heard stories of Arc One. Who's referring <laughs> it to as Arc One? Is it A Squad? <laughs> the general talk around uh, at least Hedick and Briston has been about that, yeah. Oh, okay. And they're both A-Squad. Sort of just like sound floating into this conversation is Auric being like, wow, this tent is really well made. I th- is this a, is this the Legacies? Is this a Matan here somewhere? <laughs> but yeah, so we were in the Azure Keep and then Alaris's father Wait. was from in the area. I'm sorry, hold on. Hmm? You went to the Pandominion? Yeah. That's, that's where the Erica Tri thing was happening. We ended up in the Astral Sea, the Solidron Bow, to be exact. And then from there, we, it was just a hop and a skip and a boat ride to Celestia, which is, you know... Right, yeah. right, right. I'm familiar with Celestia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and, got so many questions for you. Right, long story short, so there were some soul forgers that made their way into Celestia somehow. Morden wanted us to go into the Chaos Shaft... I'm sure you're familiar. Not personally. Uh, round them up. And then he bartered their souls with Asmodeus. There's some there's some morality to look into there from the Dwarf Father. Oh, I... I saw Gorbring. What? <laughs> yeah, you know. Grandpa? Where? In, in Moradin's hall. Like, he was... He works for Moradin. Like, full-time. Till the end of time. I'm guessing. What in the... I expected him to be in Celestia, but... I, I mean, I'm honored. The family is honored, absolutely, by that. But I expected him to be, you know, on the other half of Celestia, like with Bahamut. Yeah, what? you know... Uh, Did you... You're sure it was him? I... He looked like him. He... He knew me. He was acting like it was him. I have no reason to doubt that it was him, unless it was some really, really great illusion work by someone up there. That's incredible. But anyway, and then more than... Don't just butt in a way around that. Well, he's doing well. Like, he's, I mean, he's already dead. Like, why do you want to know what you want to say? Like, he's doing his job. Is he... Did he say hi? He's busy. He's at work. But yeah, he sends his regards. Oh, good. <laughs> anyway, now, now I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm stuck with this, but it's, it's a lot of responsibility and whatever. So we, what is it? I'm not sure I can disclose that just yet. I might have to talk with Callie and go from there. If there's one person I might trust to help us with this, it might be her. But, I mean, big things. Big things, good things coming. Potentially. Big things coming. You and Briston are uh, chattering your teeth out in the cold. You hear the sound of footsteps from around the corner. Callie Orlick, commander of the Red Capes, if there is one, is trotting towards you with her hands in her pocket, scowl on her face. Everything okay over there? What's that thing? What thing? The dragon thing. What's that thing? Oh, it's a flying machine. The zipper flaps fly open during your conversation quick with uh, with with Callie, Alaris. 
And uh, Nexby actually comes running out. And she uh, runs up the hill. What can you do with it? Fly? Perfect. (laughs) 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 And then while you're completing this conversation, Nexby, she comes back. And in her hands is a birdcage. The creature inside this birdcage, uh, sees the rest of the party in the tent, is a chameleon. A magical half chameleon, half toucan cross. Its eyes point in different directions and move independently of one another. Uh, its but beak, is it bird shaped? It is bird shaped. Its beak begins to change colors and blend in with its surroundings. And the, you remember that Nexby bought this from a shop in the Trader's Path one night in the Azure Keep. And she walks over to Marge, you, you inside see, and presents Marge with this creature. She, uh, she says, uh, This is Catherine Bladebeak. I had a weird energy about me the night that I got her. I wish I could explain it, but I can't. I just wanted a pet, and she instantly recognized her name, so now we can't change it. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought that it would be a fun plot element, but it ended up just being a stupid goof that didn't have any payoff. <laughs> just, just, I want to make sure that I can see this creature correctly. Is this, for all intents and purposes, a toucan-shaped creature, but with chameleon eyes? Yes, and a beak that changes color. That is the dumbest ass-looking creature. You created it! No, 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 I know. I, it's just this like, is a creation like, by the four of you. I know. Uh, we're dumb. We should not be, we should not get creative power over anything. Because we you, do shit like name Marge, the Barge, the Deathbringer. And you watch Marge, t- and you watch Marge take the cage and look at the bird. And she says, sincerely, I love it. At that moment, Callie Orlick parts the flaps of the tent. She tosses them open and ushers Briston and Alaris inside. She enters herself and stands tall at the entry. Her arms are crossed and she is clearly pissed. I need to hear this full story. We all do. Stand up here and give us a full account of where you've been. And that's where we're going to stop this recording. Where the nine hells are my dice. They were at my desk, like in the 
and what are these called? Drawers. Drawer. That was in the drawer. I, above table, did not really think about whether or not there would be a communication option. I just sort of assumed there wasn't. So mechanically, <laughs> that is why that happened. Back into it, though. Ulrich would have known, uh, even though Steven's a goober. So I'm going to grapple with that. Marge is silently gathering everyone else. She's beginning to lead everyone else down the rocky trail toward uh, the Red Cape bivouac. That good with y'all? No, the what? Red Cape's bivouac. Bivouac. I've never heard that word before. I like that B-I-V-O-U-A-C. It's it's a encampment. Yeah. It's a magic card. Frontier bivouac. (laughs) You nerds. Would Ulrich have understood, like, culturally, like, traveling to the Celadrin Bow as, like, death? Like, would that have been... Like, if Ulrich were in Briston's shoes, would Ulrich have made a similar assumption? If, like, if Briston had watched a, a, a dwarf travel to Celestia... Right, but if Ulrich it, had watched that... Oh, no. Well, I think that you might expect it to go to the star of uh, Lithernia. Let me rephrase um, the question. Not to the southern bow. <clears throat> well, but, like, more generally, to the Astral Sea. Like, oh. like is that a... Is that, we're Ulrich sitting there watching the, the sea glass on the other side, and Briston suddenly was in the Astral Sea. Would the conclusion that Briston came to been a... Maybe not yeah. the, the most obvious answer, but an answer that Ulrich might also have assumed. I think it would. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't know if there would be any other explanation for it, you mm-hmm. know? Because it's not like that's an easily accessible thing anyway. Well, that's that's sort of the really question is, like, I have, like, Stephen has no idea, how, like, what interplanar travel is like most of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> not like this. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> so... Stephen, I will allow you the opportunity to fade to black on this conversation, not in a uh, in an innuendo sort of way, but like <laughs> we can come back okay. with it resolved, or we could resolve it now. No, I think we should do this. I think that, uh, okay. like not you know not trying to veer off too much of the show, but sure. I, I feel like we haven't had this kind of like interpersonal conflict like this. Um, no, I agree, and I think I think it could be really fun. Okay. Um, not fun. Yeah, like <laughs> ha ha fun. Yeah, You're right. Um, okay, so I'm having a great time. Uh, for for the uh, listening audience, uh, Stephen just pantomimed what looked to be <laughs> whacking <laughs> the bivvle, like um, uh, a whack-a-mole sort of situation. Did y'all start calling? Okay, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> this is Stephen. Because, like, we called them C-Squad as players, but, like, was there ever a canonical moment where that was... So that means that... It's never been addressed. This is... That means, like... Separately, A-Squad and C-Squad. Organic to you calling them C-Squad. So, so, but that... Because they said... He said it first. So, like, that... They called themselves a C-Squad. And then... So, okay. So I want to comment on that then as, as Ulrich... Grimton, you did not go see your brother? Not yet. 
Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Alaris, you haven't found anybody to talk to. Yeah. But also hasn't been yelled at. Fair point. <laughs> it's true. It's almost like it's effective. Would you like to find somebody to talk to, or does somebody need to find you to talk to you? I think Alaris should get yelled at. <laughs> Who would be most likely to yell at Alaris? Uh, probably Ulrich at this point. <laughs> like, Alaris brought us, dragged us on that side quest. Dragged you, as if you didn't want to go. Ulrich didn't want to go! That was... Are you sure you weren't going to go, you weren't one of the people that was like, yeah, we need to go save Try. No, okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the elemental or the quests. yes. This was a this like that was a small side quest that we could have accomplished separately, and it instead became an entire arc, um, like, <laughs> an entire part of an arc. Excuse you. Not not arc on As like somebody your scale, that's keeping track like, of this. Think think more like anime arcs, like shorter ones. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> there was a time in arc one where you referred to Marge, Takis, and Allreal as yes, a squad. As a squad. <laughs> yeah, it's not true because Marge and Takis are not in a squad and Allreal is C squad. So Okay. Yeah, but Marge and Takis are still solidly are... like S tier beings. Like they're oh, doing really? yeah, like they're, stuff. These are they're very... doing the, the gods work. These these squads are very malleable. Like they, they shift and change, you know. <laughs> So, where you been? Where you been? Auric! Oh, sorry, wait, I, you're talking to me? <laughs> We're at the same table. Thank you, Taka. Sorry I zoned out there for a second. ADHD <laughs> is a powerful thing. You will forever be Auric Ormain. The one that I'm got sorry. Away. I will be. <laughs> Sorry. I will be. Whoomst? Whoa. Whoa. That's a fun slip of the tongue there. <laughs> Gay? <laughs> okay. No, okay. But like every time you were like, and next B goes over, whatever, like all of that, like yeah. my impulse in the background is just, <laughs> like, like, it's so, like, <laughs> like, that's a thing. And uh, I'm, I'm always, I know that this is not going to make any sense because if somebody's listening this far, they have figured out that I am queer as shit. But like, you're what? Yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm always shit afraid somebody's going to be like, everyone is just going to be like, did they, did he just say, did he just make fun of gay people? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, right. Like, I'm, I'm, it's like, cause the queer community makes more homophobic jokes than anything else. Right. And so like. And as they should, um, but like I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm always afraid I'm gonna be misread as just an asshole and not like somebody doing a tongue in cheek joke. You but, can like, be an Ren asshole and somebody doing a tongue in cheek joke, and you do that well. Fair enough, but I just want you to know <laughs> more that, like, like every, tongue like... between the cheek joke. <laughs> hey! Hey! Um, I'm sorry, I thought that but was just the joke like you're making the first time. <laughs> it was not. Um, um, but yeah, like every single like vaguely queer encounter over the last twenty minutes, I've been and just being like, been... like, like every time, every time. Anyway, <sighs> all right. That all, up all, the all that's boobers. All that's boobers. <laughs> Corlon slash, what's his name? Um, 
sounds like. Uh, what does he do? The dwarf father. The dwarf Morden. Morden, yes. The tip of my tongue. Yeah, Christ Morden. alive, he um, says Briston. And we fought pirates <laughs> wait, inexplicably. Wait, um, Jesus Christ, Cannon. <laughs> I need to know this. <laughs> Jesus of it all. G I. That's Cannon. Jesus of it all is now Cannon. With my spouse, mm -hmm. Ulrich Orman. Right. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, I heard that. Wait, no. Wait, oh, yeah, yeah I did, the Ulrich didn't hear that. Yeah. But I was making sure that Stephen understood. Oh no, Stephen heard that. In delve yeah. deep, let me make perfectly clear. Right. I also appreciate how we are all giving complete dog shit retellings of like. <laughs> yeah, these are awful. We're like, we're like, yeah, long story short, and like that, like skips four episodes, you know, or whatever, like. And well, and I think it's great too because I don't. Like, we clearly all have a sense of, like, we probably should talk about how exactly we're going to talk about this with and the rest didn't. of the squad. And then didn't. <laughs> and so now we're like, oh, damn. Like, if I don't want to give had, away like, too much. A flight but... from the palace to this place where we could have, like, talked about it. was a hop, so. skip, and a jump. Don't metagame this shit, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. 